How long was Neil Armstrong actually on the moon? When did Europe start speaking English? Did Marco Polo really go to China? CuriosityStream is the streaming service for all things history, plus science, wildlife, and more. What's the real story behind the Mona Lisa? We've got that. What caused the collapse of Rome? We know. Where did we find mankind's earliest ancestor? Come find out. For the holidays, get the gift of curiosity with 25% off gift cards for your curious cohorts. It's holiday shopping season at curiositystream.com gift. Looking to give back this holiday season? Donate to the Army Historical Foundation. For 40 years, the Army Historical Foundation has ensured our nation never forgets the sacrifices of those who serve. As the Army's nonprofit partner, the Foundation constructed the National Museum of the United States Army. The Foundation's work also extends beyond the museum's walls, restoring artifacts, touring historic battlefields, and remembering all we owe to America's Army veterans. Donate today at armyhistory.org. Hey, it's the Custard TV podcast, the one place on the well, web. I, I, no, that was channeling Enya. No, it, no <laughs> isn't it Enigma? It sounded like. Oh yeah, uh, it was. It's Luke, uh, Matt and Gary back with you on the Custard TV podcast. I went swimming today, uh-huh. uh, not in my pond, in, in a local bath. Um, but I realised swimming is not the relaxing thing you want it to be. Because I was in the pool with several, let's just say older women, to give them a correct, you know, not a awful t- But older women, old older ladies okay, who you, you imagine... You, you've hammered that point home, go on. Yeah. They were older, they were older ladies. But... You're fine, and you you might swim and not say a word, or you might swim and just start talking. But the thing is, when you start talking, you're fine when you start. No problem at all. Just normal, everyday conversation. And then it dawns on you, or at least it dawned on me, I'm in water. I'm partly nude from the top up, I hope. Where's this going? I don't, I don't know. When was that, What I'm asking is, when was the last time you both felt really self-conscious? Right now, hearing this story. Luke, Gary and Matt. Talking telly. On the Custard TV Podcast. I'm Luke, editor and runner of, of to website. Um, there's Matt in the north. Hello. And also Gary's in the London area. TV news reviews and a couple of them mayor previews. And since we were Garyless last week, it seems only right that Gary should walk us through the news. Because we need as much Gary in our lives... As the council will allow. Okay, thank you very much, Your Honour. Chris Evans is the new presenter of Top Gear. This is what this is what we we know um, is that Chris Evans, as you say, host of Top Gear. He signed a three-year deal, but from the BBC, um, no work. We know Hammond and May probably aren't returning. Yeah. Uh, but Chris Evans was on the one show last night and announced that they are looking for car lovers to co-host the show with him. They don't have had to have been on TV before. They don't have to have a background in TV. They just have to love cars. There's also a lot of speculation of whether there's going to be a female presenter. Not will there be a woman on the panel of Top Gear when it's reloaded, but there there should be a woman. And I actually, I don't want to come across sexist or anything like that. It's not, you know, what we do here. But I do feel that 
there shouldn't necessarily have to be a woman. Well, I don't mind there being a woman on the panel, absolutely I, I, I don't. It's, it's whether, this, this whole it's whether they gel as a group, mm. there, rather than... There, there was this whole argument, wasn't there, about the panel shows, you know, about yeah, the fact yeah. that women were underrepresented in the panel shows. And I, I kind of feel like, well... Uh, uh, and this is going to... I don't know, how does this come across? Well, if they're good enough, they'll thinking, be on it. You're probably going to say... Does yeah. it really matter if it's a man think, or a woman? Yeah, I think the question is, yeah. at the end of the day, are they being kept back because they're women or are they being kept mm. back because they're not as talented as the men? And yeah. I think there are some know. talented female comics out there, but, I, you know, we mentioned it a few weeks ago. This, I, this, I, I, this as well goes back to what Arlene Phillips raised years ago, wasn't it? She felt as an older woman on, on Strictly Come Dancing that she was sacked because of that. It's just the well, idea of I think, having yeah. to have one yeah. for the sake of having but one. I think, you know, is, the, is not the, the names same. they've banded about, like Jodie Kidd, who's presented car shows before, and... Susie Perry, oh, yeah. who does the Formula One. You know, these are people who know about cars. To that token, then, would you say there doesn't need to be a man at all on the Top Gear panel? Well, does, mm, that, you oh, say, this is a... You say, we're only a couple of minutes in and I'm in a sweat like, already. You know, could it be all women? If it could be all men, could it be all women? That's just my point. Mm, yeah, I, I see your point. Yeah, I, I think the brand is very masculine, yeah, I know, but I but see yeah. your point. Yeah. I just, I just hope that it works because it is a popular I, I, BBC yeah. brand. I do worry me a little bit that if they do get Chris Evans and somebody else and a, and a lady, it'll be like a car equivalent of the One Show, which well, is not what we want. That, that's that's the that's the problem. How about I'm... Chris Evans and two ladies? Then it turns you know into what? have a. Then it turns into uh, don't forget your toothbrush. Wouldn't be a bad thing. Wouldn't, Wouldn't be, be a bad, bad thing. thing. Moving on, uh, X Factor news. We finally have it confirmed this week that Nick Grimshaw and Rita Ora will be the two new judges. Uh, Nick Grimshaw, current Radio One DJ and self-appointed and incredibly northern and incredibly northern. And Rita Ora, obviously, mostly known for her singing career and being a judge mostly on The Voice. Which... Yeah, did anyone just there and say mostly known? Mostly known. Yeah. I've got a bit of a, a bit <laughs> of hay fever. Leave me alone. <laughs> new presenters of the Extra Factor, and that was announced only today. Rochelle Humes. Uh, and Melvin Adoom. I don't know him. Anyone? He's Ricky and Melvin. Uh, yeah. They're on Kiss 100 oh, okay. in London. Oh, those two jokers. Uh, yes, I've yeah, heard of them. Yeah. They were also I don't want that... Simon Cowell's just, just going for radio presenters. Weren't, they, weren't they with Nick Grimshaw on um, that BBC Three panel show that I can't remember the name? Oh. Um... Sweat, don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah, both yeah, Rochelle and Melvin were right. on that, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. And Nick Grimshaw's already got one foot in the door and he's invited his mates in. I mean, Rita Ora, it makes sense. We've seen her in a similar role on The Voice and I thought she was quite good, quite yep. down to earth, quite natural. Nick Grimshaw, on the other hand, I haven't got a problem with him as a judge, but it, it's when it gets to the second stage. When yeah, they when have we get to, to the mentor part, mentor the hell stage. does he know about Because I, I like, um, if he was on, say, for Britain's Got Talent, I, I could see him do that or something similar where yeah. they're just doing the judging throughout. You know, perversely, I could never see David Walliams do, like, you know, a mentoring thing. I like the idea that they've gone for two sort of newer faces. They've gone yeah. for people that have got a connection with music. Contractually, we've got at least one more X Factor after this mm. one. But is this a sign that it's on its last leg? To me, well, it just feels like we, it We might talked be. about it when, when they had that big thing about the producer saying... You know, it's gonna. We're gonna shake it on this year. Obviously, they've got less live shows. I think they're going for less live shows because of the. Well, haven't they got rid of the? 
they've got rid of one aspect of. They've they? got was rid it... of the the room auditions, but I, I, right, which is yeah. still it's still which a good was part pointless, of it. I thought, in my I, opinion, well, no, I, I, agree, I, preferred I the room. agree that it was pointless in that they then had the arena auditions. Yeah, I think they one or the other, not both. The, they should have scrapped the arena auditions and just brought back the room. Yeah, because that's two Britain's Got Talent yeah. for me. One of the producers came out and said, you know. Oh, we're revamping it. We're, we're trying to beat Strictly this year because they keep beating us in the ratings, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But you never hear anyone from Strictly saying the same thing because so, they're yeah. not that bothered. Yeah. Well, the like, BBC you know... don't compete in that way. You know, it's, yeah, but they, they, put, but they, they do you know, in a way. They do in a way. They don't, they, like you say, yeah. they do it in a slightly still, classier way. Ratings still matter yeah. for the BBC. They certainly still yeah. matter. So if they weren't winning that race, then they'd, they would worry about it. But... They don't come out and say this. They just, you know, at the end of the day... Do the show. People want to watch celebrities dancing. It's just, it's a simple yeah. format. They don't take it too seriously. And I think the the thing with the X Factor is it's increasingly been taken more seriously. At and the end also, of the day, it's just people singing. More news from ITV. They've commissioned a prime suspect prequel called Tennyson. Uh, I don't think we know anything about whether it's going to star... Um, Probably no. not. The only thing I mean, we would, don't know is, is the cast. There's no Helen Mirren. Yeah. They're looking currently for a for a new and for a younger Jane Tennyson. This is going to be set in the early seventies. It's going to be written by original creator Linda Laplace. So it's going, going to be six of them. To what they've done with Endeavour to Morse. It, it is. I would hope that the they legacy. will meet. They will meet. I would hope in an episode. Endeavour well, meets Jane Tennyson. Maybe, although not yet, yeah. not yet. Uh, and also they've yeah. announced a, an eight-part drama called Marcella, uh, which is going to be written by the writer of The Bridge. I can't remember his name, it's Nordic. BBC Three, not a button on your television, more of a concept, uh, have announced a new <laughs> documentary starring the podcast... That should be their new tagline! <laughs> I'm writing for them now. Uh, have I announced a documentary series starring friend of the podcast... Romesh Ranganathan. Hallelujah. Uh, it's workingly titled Romesh's Return Ticket, and he's going back to Sri Lanka to connect with his roots. Uh, so uh, that should be interesting. It, it's good to see that despite what's happening with BBC Three, we are still getting new programmes, new announcements. Uh, so, mm. th- and, and there Professor is Professor Green's doing a documentary about suicide as well, isn't he? That's right. And then, yeah, and, the... and you learn he's not actually a professor. Oh. Which... Oh. Oh. Ruins everything. Well, we don't me. know that. We've not we've not seen the evidence. Uh, so yeah, that'd be interesting. And then uh, BBC Two has announced that uh, it's going to have a Back in Time weekend program in the same style as Back in Time for back Dinner. Now I didn't watch dinner. this when it was on, but I know you, I think you did, Matt, didn't you? Every week it was a different decade, and they act as, as people. Much like Gary's life. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but this one is obviously like weekend pastimes, which I think yeah. sort of almost steps over it, what they were doing because they yeah. did a lot of. You know, these things like the video games and the whatever, you know, going out, picking your own vegetables and stuff like that. The fact that television would end at like half past ten every night and turn off, you know, that was it. Because I haven't said this already, is this just not another example of Back in Time for Dinner, really surprise hit, what else can we do with the format? Well, we're we're lucky they haven't called it the Great British Back in Time for Dinner, I suppose. Well, yeah. (laughs) Now, because you haven't heard enough of my voice on this podcast... (laughs) It's time for I'd me forgotten. to go west. So, I'd genuinely forgotten about go west. <laughs> I would have done the news had I, had I remembered. I'll be as quick as I jolly well can. Dave uh, will be showing surprise American hit The Last Man on Earth. See, last week we, you guys talked about them bringing Parks and Rec uh, 
you know, back on British television mm. after BBC yeah. Four had dropped it. And of course, they've yeah. announced the fifth series of Suits will start in August yeah. as well. So, yeah, yeah. Bit, bit of a boom for Dave at the moment. Yeah, and I do think The Last Man on Earth is an interesting idea, and it does it does work, and it is a rating success in the States. Should be good. This is going to go next to Parks and Rec in the Monday night schedule in July. Oh, excellent. I was going to and say, I, if they clear it up, I think it works quite well. Parks and Rec, that'll be good. And that's not just because Will Forte tweeted me last night, people. Oh, here we go. Yeah, so there you go. Here we go. AMC, which is the American network that brought you the Breaking Bad and the Walking Dead. I don't think there's a the in Breaking Bad, but I've just added. No, but you've mentioned it twice now. Twice now. Now, apparently that's (laughs) going to become available to BT customers on UView from September. Now, I don't have an awful lot of news. Not an awful lot of news has been sort of let out about this, but it will become one of the pay for options. Now this, I don't this obviously, is, is it literally showing? It, it, is it literally like a feed of American it, AMC on delay? Going to be a modified feed. They won't be showing the American advertising uh, no, they because obviously, they, but they will be showing sort of you know modified versions of the American version, which is and I, also and also because of the time difference, they'd have to move. Well, that's around, right. I think as well, they're going to time shift some of it. You know, sort of maybe show yeah. things twenty four hours or later or something. But uh, yeah, more news about that when it comes out. I mean, AMC. An amazing network. This could be the beginning of a real boom time, in a, you know, for that sort of thing. I mean, HBO have been talking about launching a channel over here for years before they signed mm. their exclusive deal with Sky Atlantic. Apparently, they were looking into it. It could be mm. interesting to see whether this is a test that works or not. And two shows that will be returning on Showtime in America. One is the British program Episodes, uh, starring Joey out of Friends, uh, and Penny Dreadful, which currently shows on Sky Atlantic over here, will be returning. Yeah. Gary, can I add a bit of news to your... Of course you can, yeah, but late break... I love how quiet Matt goes during Gary Goes West. Do you have a little sleep? Respect. I think it's called respect, Luke. Um, We we mentioned it, uh, I think, a few weeks ago, or a few months ago, actually. Netflix uh, doing The Crown. uh, Oh, yeah. This is really late breaking. On the the British monarchy. Uh, They've Mm. announced some of the cast for it. Uh, Matt Smith will be playing a young version of Prince Philip. Claire mm-hmm. Foy, who was in uh, Wolf Hall and uh, Little Dorrit, uh, yeah. will be playing a young version of the Queen. An odd bit of casting, yeah. John Lithgow, the American actor, will be playing Winston Churchill. Oh, yes! About uh, two weeks ago, the Wachowski brothers produced episode programme Sense8, with its uh, hipply number eight at the end of the word sense, uh, was released on Netflix. You can watch all the episodes, and uh, I watched episode one. This is a weird, confusing show. Uh, the, the main star of the show is Daryl Hannah, but effectively, she's dead. Or you see her die in the very first scene. Uh, is she drowned? No, she's not reprising her character from Splash. Oh, uh, damn it. <laughs> good, attempt 80, good attempt at 80s humour there, Luke. Well done. It, it's or a very blinded straight... in one eye? Oh, dear. No, it's not Kill Bill. <laughs> no, it's no, I'm, I'm, I'm out of Daryl Hannah films now. Yeah, That's sorry, all yeah. we can do. That is literally all we can do. Oh, dear. This is very similar to Heroes and another Tim Kring programme that he did with um, Keith Sutherland that I've actually forgotten the name oh. of, surprisingly. Touch. Touch. It appears to be... A lot of different stories connected by one thing, and the connection is that all of them see visions or, or dreams of Daryl Hannah yeah. in a kind of like ethereal kind of uh, witch stroke angel figure. 
Um, so you mm. go around the world. There's scenes in India, San Francisco, uh, and Germany, and 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 you kind of see different people's lives, and and then how they they go through. Like in Germany, uh, the, the the main character is his father's just died. In India, she's about to step into an arranged marriage, and the only other person that you recognise in the show is uh, Doctor Who's Freya Anjuman, playing a very liberal uh, lesbian in San Francisco. There was very graphic sex scenes in this first episode, which I wasn't expecting. And now I'm into it. Yeah, you might want to go on. What's it called again, Gary? Sorry. Uh, it's sex, <laughs> yes. It has a very strange... It has a very strange feel. It feels very much like a number of disconnected stories. So the hope is that maybe if you keep watching, it will sort of come together. But there really mm. doesn't appear to be, apart from the people seen there, there's also... Uh, a, a scene, a, a London, a London club DJ is also seeing these same visions with some very dodgy British accents because they've obviously not mm. ever been to London before. If you're the sort of person that likes to know everything about a show in episode one, this isn't for you. But if you're someone who's prepared to give this three or four episodes, maybe some of the reviews I've read said that it does begin to pull together as a story. Question for you both that will lead on nicely to the Twitter question that I posed earlier on this afternoon. Thank you ever so much to everybody who replied. We'll get to those in a sec. Because people are binge-watching now, things like Sense8 and Matt did The Affair recently, I'm doing The Americans, does it mean that these new shows that come along have to always be paced in a certain way that we are desperate to watch the next Mm. one immediately? You didn't feel that way, presumably, about Sensei. Otherwise, you wouldn't. You would have watched. No, I, I, I didn't feel like I had to watch the next episode straight away. I very much could have, could have come back another. Oh, well, and will come back another time. Loads of people binge watching, tons of stuff. I don't know how anybody manages it. Orange is the new black is still on. Uh, Rebecca said that she went on holiday with her husband, and all they did was watch Sensei in their hotel room. Maybe that's to a, get through that's those. A, um, yeah. Sort of yeah. Scenes that Gary was... That's a that's Did a Gary holiday. Your glasses, Gary. It was, was it I I I had to avert my gaze. With a gaze. Yeah, the gaze. That was possibly your worst one yet. <laughs> oh my word. I, I'm probably going to have to edit that out, but I'm the proudest of that than I've ever been anything else I've ever said. I think it's, you know that it used to be box sets. Now it's obviously on demand. You know, there, yeah. there is that option for people to binge. Both Netflix and Amazon Prime do a good job of uh, of, of producing their own programs. They're bringing in big names. It, there's a variety. Mm. There's never been this variety of ways to watch television no, in the past true. that we, we've got now. That's so it's true. A lot of people binging on Halt and Catch Fire on Amazon Prime, which I... And usually for me, I know literally nothing about that well, other Gary's than it has the words... about three times. You never listen. Halt and Catch Fire is a, is a technical um, a programming term. I'm not quite sure what it means, but it's, it's like a... It program- should have been called Control-Alt-Delete, then I would have understood what <laughs> it was about. Friend of the site, Mo Walker, and writer for the site, Mo Walker, has just finished the third season of America, of the Americans, and he says, right. stick with it, it just gets incredibly good. Um, we wish we Cameron's could, been, We it, wish we could, bloody ITV. And a lot of people still, uh, they've got ca- uh, car share on their iPlayers, on their planners, rather, and they're still enjoying that. Um, Gary... You're, I'm binge-watching The Americans and I've literally had to tear myself away from it for, with, for meals and socialising and washing. Okay. Um, <laughs> and sleeping. Yeah. I mean, I think for Notice me... Notice what order I did those in. Uh, but, <laughs> for me, for but, me uh, swimming very as much, well. 
for me, it's still very much The Good Wife. I mean, I think that's the show that that surprised me the most this year in how accessible and how easy it is to binge because it does literally just float. You can lose yourself in five or six episodes very easily. I just like having one episode Mm. at some point in my day that's my hour or my time. And then when I get to the end of something like The Americans, I like to think... What do I want to binge on next? Do I want to I've go start, comedy yeah, as the Americans? I've started was... um, trying to catch up on Game of Thrones now. Oh, um, well done. Have you avoided all the massive yeah, spoilers I'd, that are I out try there? to. Well, I do a podcast with one of them. A massive spoiler. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so good. I've been as good as I can. No, you have. Where did you get on the Americans, Gary? Did uh, you stop? I think I'm about three eps off the end of series one. Oh wow! Oh, I, I okay. do have that, but it's on it's on my Amazon Prime sort of list. You know, they, 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 oh, the problem that I've got well, is they that take they things stop... off, don't they? Yeah, well, things they just do, vanish yeah. one day. You got no, Jackie. I was watching that, and then that disappeared. There are mm. no previews this week. I have decided to move. Oh yeah, we're still doing the podcast, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, sorry, yeah, we're not just having. <laughs> <laughs> Reviews time then. Let's do some ruddy reviews. Um, some no- some nineties nostalgia, an awful BBC game show, and a show that we might all like Ooh. in equal measure. Oh, yeah. We-, we will start though uh, with BBC One's police documentary that was announced by head of BBC One Charlotte Moore last year in Mine and Matt's Company in Edinburgh. This is of course the Met. It's currently airing on Monday nights on BBC One at nine. Gary and myself have seen it. I, I don't know, Gary. I'm not as immersed in this as the other two shows of a similar ilk. The 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 thing is, I I, I this is a bad timing for them, as you say. The yeah, detectives and 24 hours in custody have kind of beaten them to the punch. Yeah. But I still think this is great. I mean, the, the second episode really made me feel for the police. You know, when you find out, yeah. Particularly, I mean, I worked in Notting Hill many years ago, and I, I suffered the same thing about the, the, the carnival, the aftermath, I called it, you know, where mm, when you yeah. went back to work, there was rubbish everywhere and, you know, vagrants yeah. hanging around after the after the carnival. And I, yeah. I never felt so, I never knew the impact on the local area and to the police and how much it cost. Millions of pounds each year. It really made me question whether the carnival is something we should be hosting. It's almost a genre of show itself now, isn't it? It has, yeah, it has, it has become that. But to be honest, I still think this is an excellent program. It's brilliantly made. It really brings you into the the inner workings of of the Met, and it it gives you characters and people, and it shows you that whatever you might think about the police, you know, they, there are some people that do consider it more than just a job. And I I think it is a shame. I think if if the detectives hadn't been on so recently and 24 hours in custody been so immersive i think we'd be raving about this and saying it's groundbreaking the thing is it just feels a little bit old hat at times because of those shows and it does hold back a tiny bit as well right and tfi friday came back um on friday night 
and really was surprised by how much I enjoyed it. This this program was kind of almost like a nostalgia and a showcase. Yeah. So the newer music was very much a showcase of look. If you Channel Four think that there is room for this entertainment program, we can get this kind of guest on. Yeah. But I think Chris Evans pretty much the last hour, half an hour of the show was pretty much his Top Gear audition. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Border Patrol agents enjoy great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. If you are looking for a way to serve something greater than yourself, consider the United States Border Patrol. Learn more online at cbp.gov careers usbp. That's cbp.gov careers usbp. Now, the, interview with, with with, the interview with Lewis Hamilton and his obsession and uh, uh, a clip with Jeremy Clarkson. But I think the nostalgia part of it was great about having people like Sean Ryder on it, you know, with producer Will, various other um, people from that show. Gallagher. I, I talked to someone earlier today. <laughs> um, oh, for God. You're going to have to choose, Matt, I'm afraid. You're no, gonna I'm just, have to this choose. is a good point. This is. I, no, I doubt we'll choose who, that at the end. Who didn't watch the show, you know, wasn't old enough to watch the show the first time out. That made me feel ancient, yeah. that did. And he somebody found it so. quite bemusing, and he turned off because he didn't get the jokes. Get Well, so, I think I don't think you would. I think unless yeah, you've I know. seen so the original, So this was sort right. of alienating for people who, who basically, anyone who appeared on the show that when they were young... Um, and now, you know, is, are in their 20s, like we saw on the show. Anyone who didn't watch it, just, yeah. it didn't appeal to them. So this was it, a very, was this very, was very much. much a nostalgia piece for people like us who were around yeah. then, you know, were watching. The I mean, mid, I was in, the 90s, the Brit I was era. sort of, what, about 13, 14, and you would have been the same, Luke. Um, yeah, and starts. Gary was like thirty-six. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I was twenty. <laughs> but um, there was the insinuation there that he wanted it to carry on, but not with him. And there was obviously the stuff where he said, "Well, that makes sure. you think he must have already known about." The yeah, I, I thing. think he already knew, and the, the fact that he kind of christened Nick Grimshaw as the as, as yeah, a but replacement. now Nick Grimshaw's doing the blooming. X-Factor. Well, that's right. So well, I wonder whether uh, Nick Grimshaw said, "Shut up! I've already got the X Factor gig." But I mean, I think there is room for a Friday night show like. That. I don't think it should be TFI no, no, Friday I agree, though. I no, agree. but I think. I mean, they've, they've got, got the last leg, the and they've spirit. got Alan Carr, and they've both got that yeah. sort of spirit to them. Yeah. I think Alan, Alan Carr's more of a chat show, though. TFI Friday was always very much more of a mix. Uh, did any of us see Prize Depart? No, I avoided it like okay. like a plague. I actually did uh, see the last five minutes of Prize Depart because I was waiting for uh, Who Dares Wins to come on, which I quite like. Okay, Prize the Well, that's an insight into your life. Which I think it's... I don't like Nick Knowles, but I like the game show. I like the lists. I like playing... Exactly what we were saying before. I like playing along with it. I need a nerd button on this. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, Prize Depart is Saturday Night Entertainment uh, from... 
1982. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's it's a game show where half of the contestants are in an aircraft hangar with Emma Willis. You know, that's my dream. She's not on TV. That sounds like a hostage situation. It does, rather. Yeah, I kept expecting Keith Sutherland to turn up. And and, uh, it's good to see Emma Willis finally getting on telly as well. And Reggie Yates is around the world with the other half of the contestants. But what this lacked was any sense of tension. You didn't care about the people. Just based on on watching the last five minutes. Do the people yeah. who do the worst fly back and then fly out again if they win a like a immunity challenge? Yes. Yeah. How many it's air miles? I was going to say the BBC must be getting a ton load of air miles. If this is the reason we're getting rid of BBC Three, so they can you know pay EasyJet to fly Mrs. So and So off to Nigeria, I just I don't know. I I didn't I didn't get it because half of it's in the studio and half of it's. You know, somewhere different around the world. It just feels a little bit. It's like almost though, two ideas on one program, yeah. isn't it? It's this has been universally panned. Yeah. Somebody on Twitter that I follow, the lovely Lorna Cooper, did say it made her reminiscent of, or made her miss shows like "I Love My oh. Country" and "Scare yeah. the Hair." You know, well, I, mean, I just yeah. think it is a bit disgraceful, as you said, that how much money were they have spent on fuel? And this yeah. is every week, isn't it? Because this, yeah. Like, tension bit at the end to see who stays on there, there is it, no tension yeah in but it. you know what i mean like problem. the bit at the end to see who gets eliminated mm. basically is based yeah. on the fact that someone will have to fly back every week imagine if it's the same person every week as well they'd be like that travel be terrible sick. wouldn't it yeah. you know yeah and then when you get there, you just got Reggie Yates for company. Uh. Um, let's let's do something on this podcast we haven't done for a while. Let's praise something on the telly. Uh, humans on Channel Four. Now I've got to say, if you've read my review, you'll know this. If you've not read my review, then I'll tell you. I'm not in any way a sci-fi fan, whether it be light sci-fi or you know extreme sci-fi. Just just not a genre I've ever been able to get Don't into because I like my. I like my reality button switched on too much. but and, the, and I will say that this is the one and only time I've watched a show based solely on the fact that the ads look so good. Yeah. If they hadn't have pushed this advertising, I would have said, oh, humans isn't for me, and I would have let you two talk about it, and I would have missed one of the best shows of the year by by a mile. I love it that TV can still surprise me. I love that my taste can still vary in such a way. If it, if a story is told well, you do find yourself getting involved in it, and I was really into this. And if it was on one of those services, I would have watched two, three, and possibly four by now. Hallelujah. 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 This was very much, very much made for me, I think, this television programme. I am a big sci-fi fan, particularly the area of robotics. I'm a big fan of um, the science fiction writer Isaac Asimov. Now, if you were very carefully watching the first The names episode, you know and the names you don't know. Are... Uh, if you're very clever at the end, near the end of the first episode, they talked about the Asimov chip inside each of the synthes. Yeah. Now, that comes from uh, Isaac Asimov, the I science fiction writer, who invented what is commonly known as the three laws of robotics, and they reference some of this in the show. Uh, the three mm. laws, I'll read them. A robot may not injure a human being or through inaction allow a human to come to harm. Oh, my God. A robot must obey the orders given it by a human, except where such orders would conflict with law one. 
And number three, a robot must protect its own existence for as long as such protection does not conflict with laws one or two. The, the synths are there to serve, protect and, you know, sort of nurture their humans. But the synths that you're seeing in the show, particularly the ones being shown uh, that are on the run, have kind of got a consciousness above mm. that. It's almost plausible in a way that... You know, it is worryingly plausible. Yeah. But I in think. the future, there might be these these robots who basically will be able to do everything better than we will. I liked the theme that why should I bother to do anything with my life because there's yeah. always going to be a robot there to do it better. And I thought that's yeah. very interesting. And it always looks think... at how we're too reliant now on technology. And if something yeah. like this did happen how obsolete would we be? Like, for example, they had as well, the NHS are buying up these synths now. Rebecca Front, who I think is in the episode a lot more, the series a lot more next week when she starts sort of being William Hurt's new synth. The other bit that I loved was the the Channel 4 news insert that they had, which again, I always love it when they bring a real life thing into it. Like BBC used to do this when they have, when they need a news program, they use BBC news. You know, I think I love that. They used to do it a lot on spooks, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. And I I loved it. But the bit that they introduced there was this idea that um, they said that that, that the robots are allowing us the freedom not to have to do the things that we can't, we shouldn't be doing. And the fact that you've got the eldest daughter, Matilda, uh, who is very much seem as if she's very technological, advanced in her ability but very skeptical of mm. of this you know and, and she's almost well, I being think he would be, and it's an interesting th- and that's the thing i mean it deals with a lot of interesting themes yeah more than anything it is entertaining but it's also intelligent and it doesn't talk down to its audience and I, we have had a few shows like this in the past couple of years utopia and yeah and in the well flesh, this is from the guy who category. wrote utopia isn't it no no, no isn't it you, thought... these guys worked on spooks Oh, because oh, it's Qdos, isn't it? Of course. Yeah, they. Yeah. Th- there's yeah. producers who worked on. There's a lot of people who worked on Utopia. I think. And the, the music, the music. Yeah, yeah it's very so Utopia. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe that's what I was thinking. But of. Yeah, uh, I think I, I they do have, and obviously Neil Maskell's in the cast as well here. Um, but I just think it doesn't insult your intelligence, and it has. No. It's almost as well. I felt there was things about they were sort of saying things about almost slavery and stuff like that in the yeah. when when those intelligent synths are you know sold again there's the the Gemma Chan character who's sold to the family there's the one who's sold into the brothel and there's the one who's sold to sort of like pick fruit and stuff so mm. and that's that was interesting to me and there is that line actually where she says, "You know, she's not a slave." She's not and, a yeah. slave. I yeah. I like that there were there were in this first episode there were three plots. There were there was Gemma Chan, who was there was I thought uh, she's brilliant in it. Uh, William Hurt, and uh, then the third plot of the guy trying to track down all the yeah. more intelligent synths. And and each one of the three was. Comp- could have been a show on its own, I think. And, I, I mean, I think we could, we could do all... a podcast on its own based on the themes yeah. and the... And yeah. the, there's so many great... I mean, that's to me. Uh, to me, a great show is one that gets me talking about it afterwards. Yeah. Mm. One thing I would say that I, I, of the cast, I, I wasn't massively into William Hurt. I think he's been put in there because he's a big American name. And it's yeah. obviously it's being shown. I, didn't, I don't know. I didn't find his performance offensive in any way. No, I, I just I, think I don't understand, like maybe why there's this um, 
this character is an American when he could have easily been played by a yeah, well, no, was interesting. I don't know whether you whether you picked up on that that he was he was called Doctor. So I wonder whether yeah, there is I've I've had a I've had the sort of a read of some of the interviews and stuff on the press mm. pack and his background is in robotics. So I think yeah, so I again yeah I wonder whether it's got some link back to the origins it will, it will have it will have yeah. okay so humans catch up on for on all Definitely. four now if Please. you can and I think it's been a long time since uh, that we've discussed you know normally on the podcast we'll tell you about a show we'll tell you what we think about it we never mention it again and I think this one we're going to be talking about throughout the run yeah. I'm looking forward to that Humans on Channel 4, all four now, and back on Sunday nights at 9 on Channel 4. annoyed because I was all excited and ready to watch the tribe missed it on Thursday and have just not caught up with it uh, that is the problem when you're binge watching a show yeah, exactly. on, on but um, I feel like I could probably just jump in with the second episode so I'm going to do that but Matt for people who didn't hear you <laughs> bang on about it on the radio this morning uh, what did you think? I think you're, you're the only one who listens really um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's me and the people who you're talking to, and I feel they drift out occasionally. Uh, <laughs> and Gary listened one day. He did, yeah. <laughs> ne- never again. Um. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah, this was set in... Uh, set in... Well, it was filmed uh, in Ethiopia. <laughs> it was um, set in the Peak yeah, District. Yeah. Uh, basically, as, as the title would suggest, focusing on a tribe, in particular yeah. one family of the tribe, uh, the the sort of parental figure, the patriarchal figure, is a guy called mm. Aki Muko, who um, yeah. basically he to me reminded me a lot of like those sort of curmudgeonly sitcom dads, you know, like your Jim Royals, your Alf Garnet. Did... Even him and his wife had a bit of Leon and June from Gogglebox about them. Is it just a funny show, or do they no. play it for laughs? It comes no. from the questions that the producers ask and sort of yeah. the similarities and differences between our customs. Like at one point he said, like my wife wouldn't like it if I took on another wife. And Akimuku says, yeah. you know, you silly foreigner. Another point. Cause obviously they trade a lot yeah. with goats in, in Africa yeah. and Ethiopia. And he says to him, you know, in my country, goats aren't that big a deal. And he just looks at it, the expression on his face is brilliant. It's like, he can't comprehend that, you know, other places don't have this sort of importance on goats. And it was very interesting as well about the marriage sort of rituals and the um, the bartering to get the bride to the tribe to marry one of Akimuko's sons. It was never patronising of yeah. the Africans. Like, as I, you know, as I said before, we used to sing Africa as, you know, this place full of poor people who we need to give money yeah. to. This gave yeah. me a, a you know a whole new appreciation, and I think it is a good, idea, you know, idea to go and watch it because it does give you that impression that you know these these ideas are outdated to us, and, but, and we're not far away no, no, from but, from a lot of these but people. At the same time, it's they're different, but you know this is their customs. We we shouldn't look down on them. 
there are a lot of similarities between us. We just do things a little bit differently. I think the only thing that would pe put people off watching this would be the subtitles. I think people would struggle to watch, uh, you know, an hour-long documentary that is, you know, 90% subtitled. So, yeah. Um, but it is well worth a watch. Get the latest TV news direct from thecustardtv.com. And finally, some previews. This is the stuff that we recommend you be watching across the week. And then you can do a sort of play-along. You'll have seen it and we'll have seen it. And we'll all be on one great big TV oh, podcast page. Oh, That's why we do oh, it, Gary. There's no. a... Sunday sees the return of a little-known actress named Sheridan Smith. Don't that she used to be yeah, yeah. Don't see her a lot. Not done much since Two Pints of Lager, but I recommend big, big things are going to come for her. Grown-ups. Grown she was in Grown-ups. Yeah, she grow, grow, I remember her in Grown-ups. Yeah, oh, she was in one she episode in that of the, Two Pints of Lager and a Packet of Chris years ago? Yeah, and she did one episode of The Royal Family. Oh, well, there you are, yeah. You, you just ne yeah, much you just never... Yeah. But apart from that, she's just, uh, you know... And that, and that thing with uh, Paul O'Grady about the bingo hall. Oh, God, eyes down. <laughs> God, I've just had a massive digression then into... Oh, God. Okay, Sheridan <laughs> Smith is back outside of the bingo hall and with odd hair uh, in um, a three-part thriller called Black Work. Um, this is um, a crime drama, because, again, you don't see many of them, but uh, Sheridan plays Joe... Uh, she is a policewoman herself, and she finds that her husband has been murdered. I, I would and she say goes... uh, there are obviously crime aspects to it, but it's a yeah. lot more about you know dealing with the grief and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's well worth a watch. I have Monday night sees the return of uh, one of the most talked about shows of last year, Gary True Detectives back. Yes, uh, one of the surprise hits of last year that last year um, starred. Oh, good grief! Oh, I gave it to you because I thought you knew this stuff. Yeah, Woody uh, Harrelson well, and the guy Matthew that played the bongos and the bloke out of Cheers. They are work it out for yourself. <laughs> um, and it was this very much uh, atmospheric piece. It was about a serial killer in the South. Uh, in Louisiana and America, and it was told via not only flashbacks, but also via interviews with both of them later on in their life. The second series, the big thing about it is that none of the people that are in Series 1 are in Series 2. That's very American Horror Story-esque uh, for fans of that show. Uh, and this year you've got Colin Farrell, Rachel McAdams, Vince Vaughn, and Taylor Swift's sister, Taylor Kitsch. She's not. That's not how happen. sisters work. That's is not it how not? The, yeah, it's oh. not how the world works. Oh, fair enough. Uh, very interesting <laughs> to see how this does. And now set in LA. So it'd be very interesting to see the comparisons between Series 2 and Series 1. I'm very much looking forward to this. It'll be on Sky Atlantic um, from Monday. A Man Fat Diaries back Yay. on Monday as well. On oh, shall I, do my, shall I do my Manchester accent on this one? Not yet. Okay. Wait. Okay. She's not from Wait. Manchester. She's from Lincolnshire. Whatever. Matt, what do we, what do we know about this? We know that it's uh, the last series, unfortunately. Uh, it's set in 1998 when Gary was what? Yes, 37? that's my year. Uh, that's my year. I was 24. And it's sort of focusing on the gang's final summer together before they go to university or college. You know, well, no, they're in college, so university or yeah. whatever their future holds. Well, they still be polytechnics at that stage. I can't remember. 98. No, I mean, I I started university in 2001, yeah, and it yeah. wasn't a party. All this is going to be all this is going to be cut. So, <laughs> set basically, it's set in 1998. They're off to university, uh, and it's their last hurrah together. And whether uh, Ray will, you know, make that next leap to university, 
Fun fact that the real rail uh, went to university yeah. very briefly and oh, decided it was too much for her. But um, um, also, uh, Faye Marseille from uh, Fresh Meat uh, joins the yeah. cast. And if you are still wanting a bit of dark uh, comedy on a on a Friday, on a Monday night from HBO, we're getting this really quickly after HBO. Yeah, I'd never heard of it before I saw the trailer. No, this was a real uh, a real shocker that this on, came over like, so quickly. The other night. Yeah. Um, it's a political comedy starring Jack Black. <laughs> uh, it's when Pakistan suffers a military coup. A team of flawed U.S. diplomats must stop a global crisis. Um, HBO haven't been raving about this on their side. It's come over yeah. extremely quickly. Do you quickly. think they've had to buy it with True Detective or something like that? I wonder. It does make you wonder, doesn't it? Um, but then again, the, uh, Sky Atlantic is basically HBO for the UK isn't it really yeah. got the jinx and we get all the you know um, Wednesday Don't Tell the Bride is back Yay. and they are focusing more on older couples Ooh. which and is and it's on BBC One and yeah and it's on 8 o'clock and, it, and yeah. more money and and they've got rid of one of my favourite elements which was the narration Rebecca from Rebecca Stanton and uh, from Raised by Wolves and I can't think of anything else but I, and, but I reckon they'll still have one fat bridesmaid on every episode. It should be called that. <laughs> I'd like to see a show where the, I think the, I'd like to see a show where the bride has to pick one fat bridesmaid. <laughs> I feel what we're gonna get is a very watered down version of the BBC Three mega it's 14, hit. Fourteen thousand as well. It's a bit. Because they twelve thousand was a tight budget, wasn't it, to stick to? I think fourteen thousand. They get a bit more yeah. leeway with well, it's, it. It's it's two grand more. It means one more layer on top of the cake and maybe uh, a bit of detail. <laughs> yeah. How big are your how... cake? Is all I... <laughs> I, I know. I know that's how he measures money. Well, they, how many is, layers of cake? Basically, you, you know, instead of uh, keeping BBC Three, they spent all the money on the two thousand pounds extra on Don't Tell the Bride and all the fuel on Prize does, of Pop. Does that Price mean that if it was on BBC Two, it would have only been fifteen thousand? I do like the idea oh, no, as well. No, but... hang on, because that's going up now. Yeah, but that's right, because it, it, BBC Three is 14, yeah? No, it's 12. 12, 12. so right, so, so BBC Two would be 13. Yeah. BBC, yeah. BBC One yeah. is 14. Yeah. BBC Four yeah. would have been 11, and CBeebies would have been about 16 quid. <laughs> Sky Atlantic, million pounds. Yeah. <laughs> that tis be the podcast um, thank you for listening uh, all our twitters again at LukeCustardTV for moi at MattStevieBytes for me I'm... I think it's an interesting sign of who goes first there because it's who thinks is most powerful and Matt decided well, no, it was well, I, I was trying to work out whether Gary was, was, was going to go attention with... to the fact that you yeah. read about earlier yeah, yeah, yeah. So... I was going for yeah. dead air <laughs> yeah. and, and at the Gary show if you'd like to follow and interact with well, a respectable southern gentleman. Or if you'd like to just see which prizes Gary's trying to win on Twitter. You make yourself sound like someone from, like, Georgia, then. <laughs> a respectable southern gentleman. I am. Lately on If lately I was on, Twitter, on Tinder, you would swipe right. You know it. Yeah. They are, there's Came one, in like there's a love one, grenade. There's one, there's one, there's you one know what? How we could end this, this with Gary doing his Mancunian accent? Yes. We're going from songs to accents. All right, there. there, there was I'm a... from Manchester. Have it large. That's a bit like how I imagine a robot from humans <laughs> might do a, a Manchester accent. I've got a bit of hay fever, so it's it's not quite like Manchester, a bit large. It's Mankbot. 
<laughs> Which sounds like a bot with dump. If, if you'd like to uh, nominate next week's accent, then get in contact. Yeah, go on, that's what we'll do now. <laughs> that could get us. Blimey, that could lose us, listeners. Couldn't it? Or, or gain us some. Yeah. Or gain... We might find you're really good at Mexican accent. We don't know. Let's, let's not for... tempt that. So next okay, week, so it... <laughs> I'm looking more for a Paraguay type accent. Yeah. Okay, you're on. Okay, take care. We'll be back next week talking more telly. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Download this podcast from thecustardtv.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.